Welcome to Speaking on Wellness. I'm Maggie Landis, and it's my great pleasure today to welcome Kenny Lopez, who is a senior Kung Fu teacher uh, from the School of Master Alan Lee, Kung Fu Wusu. Uh, Kenny has been practicing Kung Fu and martial arts for quite some time now, so I'd like to welcome Kenny to the show. Thank you, Kenny. Hey, thanks, Mike. Sure, sure. <laughs> So this, uh, this series is really about speaking with people such as yourself who have had a real wealth of experience in your areas of expertise and giving people an idea who might not otherwise have been exposed to kung fu or martial arts about what that is, what is kung fu, what is martial arts. It's a real big topic. So uh, with all of the experience you've had, how would you explain to somebody who wasn't familiar with generally martial arts, what is martial arts? Well, um, martial arts is, especially my specialty is Chinese, of course, martial arts, but it's uh, using anything and everything to protect yourself. That's the first thing in martial arts. Um, other things branch out from there, like breathing and meditation and Kong, things that are having to do with energy. Mm-hmm. But, but basically, it's about martial arts and protecting yourself, self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, martial, of course, being, you know, it's, it's about war and it's an art. So mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Martial arts, that, that's what it is. It's basically, anybody can tell you a lot of different things, but that's what I know about it. It's basically fighting. Right. Know, it is. So yeah. it, it's um, one of the words associated with it um, that I have been uh, familiar with is practice. Uh, as you say, it's an art. So with all arts, there's a practice component of that. How does that play out with martial arts and with Kung Fu? With practice? Yeah. Um, with martial arts, it's funny because um, I've learned from, from a lot of different teachers at the school, different masters, and they've told me that almost anything you do will make it uh, we call which you call kung fu, which is basically a discipline technique. Mm-hmm. Um, martial arts is basically taking techniques like punching, and you practice that one punch or one the first punch you learn for a while, so you get it correct and you've perfected it. Move on to the next punch. Everything goes in succession, mm-hmm. and it works its way um, from the floor up. So mm-hmm. you think first of how you walk when you're a child. You have to learn your stances. You have to learn your stepping. Um, then you work up to actually using your, your, your shifting and moving. And then you add the punching and kicking to that to give yourself power um, and speed. Speed comes from most developing legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about practice. Um, it can be practiced every day. If you want to practice martial arts, but you have to watch if you won't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can also do other things that complement what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go play baseball, hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go play some, some soft, soft football, teach you body contact. Right. You want to do dancing in a, in, in, a, in, in a dance studio, again, movement, how to move somebody else's body. All that gets, gets added into martial arts. Right. You know, martial arts isn't just, just punch, 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 kick, punch, kick. It's all these things that can be put together and help you become a better martial artist. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I was thinking about this uh, conversation that we're, we were going to have today, I was thinking, wow, it's such a huge topic, um, martial arts, kung fu, 
and you can you could talk to the cows come home because there's so much layers in all of the arts. Um, but I immediately I thought of uh, the Karate Kid movie where mm-hmm. he's teaching him. You know, he's teaching him, but the kid doesn't realize he's being taught when he's being asked to wax the cars, and right. the, the joke of wax on, wax off, and stuff. But it's a great illustration, I think, about what you're just talking about there, about everything is part of the practice, even when you might not think it is part of the practice. Right. Right. It is. I mean, it's funny because I come from a background of, I used to dance. I used to dance a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from dancing to roller skating, you know, with quads. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, it wasn't just skating, it was dance skating. Mm-hmm. And it developed the strength in my legs that made me a better martial artist in the way that I move on the floor. Mm. You know, and then, of course, my job was a job where I went up and down stairs. So instead of doing like in the Shaolin Temple movie, or these movies where the, the, the monk is carrying the water up the stairs, I was doing it every day at work. Right. You know, I had, I've had friends at the school that had hands that were like stone. Mm-hmm. So they were rebar people. They, go, they do construction work, and they bend the bars, and their hands became like stone. Right. So basically, when they went to condition their hands to break something, the hands were already there. Right. Life is basically martial arts. I mean, you can put, you can make anything you do part of your martial arts, basically by thinking that way. Right. Know? Right. Well, I know that I know that you have been uh, a, a connoisseur of martial arts movies for a long, long time, and I've only dip my toe in that area, but the ones I have seen, they usually incorporate something like you're talking about where they'll show the student or the wannabe student being taught how everything in their environment is an opportunity to learn something that's part of the system. You know, like you're saying, carrying the water, um, you know, churning the butter, uh, washing your clothes. You, it, it doesn't have to be in a, in a traditional school it doesn't have to be, you know, it's important to have a, a good teacher to, like you said before, make sure you don't get hurt. But somebody who can really guide you to be being observational in your world, what, what it is that you can utilize to really advance your skill and your art. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I know that um, in, in, my, in my practice, uh, I've used everything possible. I mean, anything, mm-hmm. anything that I can think of. I have things that I use here to work out with that are basically a piece of plastic that's that's a strip that I use for my for my for my hand techniques. Right. That's I, I found this thing. I'm just using it. But <laughs> it, it's funny how how um we use different blocks and different techniques at the school that have the names of where they came from, like mill hand, which is a block. Mm-hmm. It's basically what they used to mill mill corn. It's a big stone, and you, you go around, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's that's the actual block, right? You know, and and, and a lot of these a lot of the weapons that came from came to kung fu come from farmers, the nunchucks, the the side, the the sickle. All these weapons are are basically tools right. that the farmer had to learn to use to defend their land. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. Mister Lee says that everybody thinks that kung fu started in Shaolin Temple. And he says they were doing that way before that. To mm-hmm. him, he says the first time a, 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 the stone man picked up a rock and hit somebody over the head with it because he wanted whatever he had, that was where Kung Fu started. Right, 
right. basically right. that's when somebody said, oh, maybe I can hit him this way. <laughs> I can knock him out even better. And I right. can get more of stuff before he wakes up. I mean, that's basically what <laughs> You know, later on, it became something very elaborate to the point where people copying animals and bugs. Right. But it, originally, it was just hand-to-hand. Hand. I, I, I want that, and you're going to give it to me, and that person would defend himself. And they say, wow, these techniques work really well, me defending myself. Maybe I'll teach my son this. Right. So he can protect, he can protect his stuff. And then all of a sudden, martial arts comes, <laughs> it blossoms. <laughs> well, that, that's a great area to, to go into a little bit about the lineage. Because, like you say, a father will teach a son and then another uh, son or a student who wants to learn from a master shows up and asks to learn the system. Um, with some of the conversations I've already had with somebody who's a yogi and has practiced it for many years, I see that a lot of these modalities, traditions, however you'd like to categorize them, these are very old systems that have been passed down from one generation to the next. And within that, I know with Master Lee's um, system, He's very, very um, conscious uh, about how important it is to uh, carry the tradition on, but carry it on in a meaningful way where it really makes sense. Right. Um, So, you know, when somebody out there is like listening to this and they say, well, I've watched movies or I've, you know, I'm really kind of interested in this. I'm not sure where to start. um, What would be your advice to somebody who is looking to learn and maybe they're looking for a teacher or a school or something like that. It, it, that's funny because um, I found I found the art school by mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was looking for looking for magazines, and they, they made it a typo and put it into into a magazine that they had magazines. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and all of a sudden these people were on the floor working out. And I said, "Wow, this is a great school!" And I decided to go there. Mister mm-hmm. um, Lee's system is very basic. I would tell somebody to try to find um, a school that has a very good basic, because from basic, everything else comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he says you can learn praying mantis, which is very, very intricate, mm-hmm. but the kick is the same kick that everybody does. There's no new kick. There's no new punch. Maybe the hand grabbing is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Most of the basic techniques all come from the same core. Right. That's what Mr. says. That's why our system, he doesn't like to label anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have different grabs and stuff that look like eagle claw, Look like praying mantis, but he rather not label it cause so so the practitioners that actually study that particular system won't become angry. Right. Because he says a grab is a grab. Right. You know, a grab mm-hmm. is a grab. But how you do with a grab is a grab. Right. So how many ways? How many ways can you do a sidekick? It's only one way to do a sidekick. You can name it whatever you want. <laughs> but he says he says that's the thing. Don't get anybody angry. Learn a basic system, mm-hmm. and then from there you might either stay in that system or you can branch out to other things. Mm-hmm. Because you have a good base, right. the important thing is to have a good base. Right. And I mean, this is the only school I know that that teaches that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of those schools tend to get very technical very quickly, right? And sometimes that's a little bit dangerous for some of the students because mm-hmm. they think they're more advanced than they really are. You know, at Mister Lee's, I didn't start fighting for for a year and a half, right? Okay, because I, I had to have all my punches, all my kicks, all my blocks before they even put me in front of somebody to actually make contact. Right. You know, and most schools, they'll put people in front of each other like, like third or fourth day of certain techniques. And next thing you know, you have teeth flying all over the place. Right. And, there's no, and, there's no, and there's no real technique. Right. And, and it's important to look like a martial artist. There's no brawl. Anybody can brawl. Right. 
Yeah, Ms. Lee says that famous video that has a monkey doing, the chimpanzee doing karate. He does karate perfectly. Mm-hmm. He says that anybody can learn that. Right. But can you actually look like a martial artist doing it and you have the brain to actually manipulate and, and adapt mm-hmm. to different situations? And mm-hmm. that's, what he says, that's what real kung fu is. Mm-hmm. discipline technique. You're the best of a technique. You're the best way you can do a technique. And it doesn't have to be exactly like Bruce Lee because he's way past. He's you know nine hours every day of working right. out. Right. Of tired. Right. But it not, doesn't mean you can't reach that level. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it in a sensible way. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to practice. You know, you have to you have to practice. And I practice here in my basement. That's why that my little page is called Basement Kung Fu because this is my spot. Right. You know, this is my spot. Then I go to the park. I practice in the park. But most of the time, this is my spot here. I feel comfortable. It's quiet. And the only person I got to worry about is my grandson running downstairs. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so th- uh, that's that's act- actually a great area to go into. Having you know, I know at the school they offer martial arts training for kids. Yeah. Um, and it's done in the same way that you were just describing how it's done for adults. Yeah. It takes them progressively through learning it without risking anybody getting really hurt. Exactly. And developing. Yeah, they, they, they don't allow children to fight until they're 14. Mm-hmm. They do spar with other teachers because mm-hmm. teachers can control themselves. I mean, you know, a little six-year-old, you got to basically have to be on, on your knees to fight them. Right. You know? But at least they get used to that before they actually make contact with each other. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the age of fourteen, because that's that's when they're ready. The bones are more or less more developed. You don't have to worry about certain problems that might happen from them doing certain techniques. And it's just that's the way Mr. Lee progresses. It doesn't mean they can't defend themselves when they when they're small. Mm-hmm. They, they get taught how to run to a, to a, to a crowded place, mm-hmm. yell fire mm-hmm. instead, instead of help. Because mm-hmm. everybody looks when there's a fire. Right. No matter who it is, they look to see who's on fire. <laughs> that would get your attention, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody thinks, my stuff's on fire, what? Yep. And that's, you know, so there's different things that they're, that they're taught to get them, to help them survive. Right. But right. actual contact to contact, some schools start these kids fighting at, at like eight, nine years old, they're throwing punches at each other, mm-hmm. and these kids really don't know what they're doing. They're just throwing punches. Right. And, you know, it, it discourages me. I got discouraged when I first started karate because of that reason. Right. You know, I got hit in the face really hard, and I was like, I was only a kid. I didn't know how to block yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, this is not the way. This is not the way to learn. <laughs> I should know how to block. That way I know what it is that's coming toward me. Right, right. Blocking would be good to, before you get yeah. hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. You have to find a school that, that actually shows those type of things or actually teaches in a progression that looks like, like if you go to a class, like our class, you see beginners to advanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they all work out in the beginning together, and then they separate into sections. Right. You have to see that in a school. You can't see a school where everybody comes in and everybody all of a sudden is advanced. Even right. you program. Right. Then there's something going on there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, 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 that's it about, you know, teaching. Um, I mean, I got lucky with that school. I, I really got lucky with that school. And now, basically, whatever I try, I get pretty good at it pretty quick because I have a good base. Right. Right. And that's important. Well, yeah, I mean, foundational training, I think, in anything is like, is really is the key, whether you're a personal trainer or I'm thinking a lot about yoga right now while I'm listening Mm -hmm. to you talk because yoga has, uh, you know, a real foundation 
It has many branches of yoga. They're called limbs. And just like um, Kung Fu martial arts, there's, the, as you mentioned in the beginning, there's a breathing technique, there's meditation techniques. And these are just branches of the same foundational um, st- uh, teachings. And uh, one of the things I found in yoga, and I found it in martial arts too, but I'd be interested in hearing how you experience this, is when you get into really practicing any kind of discipline uh, like yoga, you can start to understand that you get into an internal experience of it. And in the beginning, everybody comes in and they want to do, you know, uh, warrior one, warrior two, stand on their hands and all that stuff because it looks flashy, like punching and kicking and let me get in there and knock someone's block off. But when you start to really study a system and you understand that there's a whole lot of stuff going on internally and that that comes from your breathing and from meditation and it comes from the inside out and you mentioned energy, you know, you know, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the energy because I know how important that is to everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, Weber's Lee puts it, everything has energy. Right. Um, and even the scientists say because molecules are always moving. What is moving those molecules? There has to be some type of energy. Even a rock isn't totally still. Right. Um, and he, it's funny because in the martial arts, you learn how to punch and kick just for power's sake. It's for power's sake, basically to build the strength in the arms and get the tendons strong enough to actually hold the energy that you'll be developing later. Because mm. you can't just start with energy because you can't make a kid sit down there and, and meditate because he's not going to do it. <laughs> his mind is going to be everywhere but meditation. Right. But you learn the punch and the kicking to get the flow and the correct movement of the arms and the legs so when the energy starts to flow, it flows the way it's supposed to flow. Right. Now with us, the energy comes from the tantian, um, but it also must be developed from the floor and heads up the body into the hands, or it goes up into the, into the center of the body and heads back to the feet for kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but energy is something that develops later on in time because, and by that time, you already know how to punch and kick. So basically, defending yourself isn't the problem. The problem now is, how can you do it for the rest of your life? Right. And certain, certain, certain schools, they teach so hard. At a certain point, you, can, you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's a problem there. There should be a way that your body can, you don't have to do uh, 500 punches, 500 kicks every day. You know, you can do, like Mr. Lito, he does 10 of one kick. Right. And he's covered. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's all about getting the movement down. His energy is already there. Right. You know, right. Uh, the energy begins when you start learning about meditation because uh, you start to get into the flow of your punching. You know, you punch, uh, you punch 50 times, you start to get to a groove and your mind, your mind starts to clear. Because mm-hmm. the only thing you think about is your fist. Mm-hmm. And, as you, and as your mind clears, you don't think about your fist, that's the meditation starts. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of my, one of the same things you have, sing. He taught us that you have to clear your mind. Right. Now, you can't push the thoughts out because they're just going to flow in like crazy. Right. You have to let them flow through your head and go. Right. Um, a lot of the meditations we learn in, in our school, like uh, a silk weaving and different breathing techniques, it's basically so you can think of the movement mm-hmm. and not think of the rest of your life. Right. 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 And once you do that, you're thinking of one thing instead of 59 things. And then eventually you get to the point where that one thing, you're not even thinking about that one. Mm-hmm. And your mind is totally clear. And you reach that point of basically like nirvana, where you reach that point of total meditation, where your mind is totally clear. 
Mm-hmm. And it might be only for gee, 10, 20 seconds, mm-hmm. but it, it adds up to a lot. Right. Remember, your mind never rests. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. Usually you're dreaming. Your mind is always working. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, your body is always resting. Your body, every time you sit down, you rest. Mm-hmm. Your mind never takes a break. Right. Meditation gives your mind a chance to take a break. Right. That's you know, a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people that, that get to certain levels of physical abilities, they do things that people think are impossible. Mm-hmm. It comes from meditation, being able to clear the mind and let their mind actually use that part of the brain that most people don't use. Mm-hmm. Because you shut everything else out. You, you basically, you've cleared it. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's the easy way to get rid of stress because you just meditate. Like the, I, I just came back from a two-mile two mile walk because mm-hmm. I can't run because of, my, cause of my, my ankles. But that two-mile walk, they're pointing that two-mile walk because my park is very calm and, and there's a whole bunch of people walking around, but there's no riffraff, the thing I have to worry about. Right. So I actually get to points where I'm actually into meditation points where I, I'm walking all of a sudden, I, I not zone out, mm-hmm. but my mind is cleared. And everything, all of a sudden, everything becomes beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's almost like George, everything becomes beautiful. And I realize I hit, I hit, I hit a point. I, I hit a spot. Right. And then I go back, back to Earth, and I'm now see everything going around. I see the kids running. And I go back to that spot again. So, I mean, that's the way I meditate. I meditate whenever I'm doing anything, actually. Right. Whenever I'm doing anything that I've done for a long time, and I feel quiet, mm-hmm. and I feel that quietness because I'm used to doing it, that's when I meditate because that's, I mean, I used to do it on the bus going, coming in because mm-hmm. I just, Coming in from, from Jersey to New York because that was a point where I was calm. I knew I was safe in the bus. Mm-hmm. And I could actually go into meditation with my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Just clear my mind. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing. People think that it's hard. It's not hard. It's about getting your breath normal mm-hmm. and sitting quietly. Right. You know, like you said about yoga, about getting to levels. I remember when Mr. Lee says we have to sit to meditate. And I was trying to get into a lotus position. Yeah. And the size of my legs and the way my <laughs> knees caps are, I couldn't do it. I mean, it take it takes me probably a year and a half years to get into a lot of this. Right, and right. This, this told me, stop trying to get into that. Because by the time you get into that, you're going to be older. <laughs> and you wasted all that time, you're going to be meditating. So you could just sit in a chair or sit in Indian style. Right. Or, or sit relaxed. The whole mm-hmm. thing is to relax the body. Because people started to look, people did the lotus position in the beginning, people that were so physically flexible. Right. And the things they eat, turmeric and stuff that made the joints so flexible that to them a lotus position is a relaxed position. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Right. For me it is not a relaxed position. It's the stressful position. Yeah, I think that I think those are great great points for people to really understand about meditation is that it can be done anywhere in any position, pretty much at any time, as you say, as long as there's no risk that you're safe and um and it isn't zoning out. It's really taking a moment to to um, get out of our own way. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny you make me think about when I was going to massage school and I started taking um, uh, training in, um, see, now it went right out of my head here, uh, not acupuncture, but uh, shiatsu. And the teacher I had, Frances, when we first, the class first met her and we were going to actually do a physical practice, we were all coming from work and running around the city all day. It was six o'clock at night and she would make us do 45 minutes of Qi Kung movement before she would even start to teach. And I asked her once and she said, you know, I said, why do you do that, Francis? I said, it's great. I love it. And she said, because nobody can focus when they walk in the door after a full day in the city. 
Mm-hmm. And she said, I might as well talk to the door. Nobody's really listening. Mm-hmm. And if after 45 minutes of movement and breath and, and really getting connected back into yourself, we were ready to listen and learn from her. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the thing is, is, especially in the city, the city is very hard because the city is like, it's always moving. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. There's always a siren somewhere, a police car going by. So it's a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't that it's impossible because the school's been there for over, over, over I've been, I was, I've been there 35, 36 years, right. um, on and off. Wow. So it, it's been around. School's been in over 50 years there. So it's, it's, it's doing fine. Right. And we've all reached our levels of meditation. If Miss Ali can meditate in the city, then anybody can meditate in the city. Right. You know, right. Um, even he said when he was young, he was very restless. He was a very restless child. He was always jumping around and running around. Um, and that's the thing. If you can do that, and make yourself calm, anybody can get to his level. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible to get to his level. Um, it just might take you a little bit longer. It might be a little different route, but you can still get there. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is to, is to be calm, you know, mm-hmm. just to be calm. I get into situations where it's funny because I've had situations where I've lost houses. I've lost a house. I've lost things that would stress other people through the wall. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew that I was, these things were going on because to me, I was still happy. I was still showing, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to let it, it destroy me. Right. So I would calm down, bring it down, and mm-hmm. not let it bug me. Let it go through my head and out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it, so just keep going. Right. You know? And right. that's what meditation does. Meditation is probably the most important part mm-hmm. of, work, of what Kung Fu is. Right. It's probably to me the meditation. Like I said, punching and kicking, anybody can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To actually become calm in a situation, is that's the person that Miss Lee says survives any type of... Uh, any type of stressful or dangerous situation, usually the person that can, that can stay calm. Right. The person that panics tends to walk into where the problem is. Well, that you know? that makes a tremendous amount of of sense. You know that, you know the you know while you can remain calm while those around you, you uh-huh. know that kind of <laughs> that that old saying. It's kind of like that is very true. Uh, exactly. You can assess what's happening and then you can make the the right or the smart decisions in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, I'd like to really thank you for speaking about all this with us today. And um, I know that you have on YouTube a uh, channel called Basement Kung Fu, where people can see some of the uh, practices that you do. Is there any other way people can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's funny. The Basement Kung Fu. If you actually, if you actually type in Basement Kung Fu. <clears throat> In the search in YouTube, I'm the, the little picture that pops up of me meditating. That's me. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, uh, I can also be, be contacted by phone. Um, I can leave my phone number is 201-344-8675. Mm-hmm. And the best bet is to text me mm-hmm. um, instead of calling me. Because I'm usually at work, and they don't let me have a phone at work, so I'll get to it and I'll text you back. Right. And if you want to get in touch with me through, through the actual page, mm-hmm. you can actually get in touch with the page. I can get you... Um, and if you need to have a question about something that I'm doing or you want me to actually teach something really quick that you might have a problem with in one of my movements, mm-hmm. I can do that too. It's not a problem for me because, like, like I said, I have my little basement here. and I can set my camera, my little phone up and just videotape it. Oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> nowadays with everybody doing all of our Zooming and Skyping and we're all living online, that's great information so that, yeah. I mean, I took a class recently with somebody I know who's in Jerusalem. And she taught a gyrotonics class, and I was just, it was a great class, but I sat there thinking, isn't this amazing? 
that we really can reach everybody throughout the globe right now. So anyone who hears this and knows they would like to get in touch with you, they can they can do that and work with you. So that's tremendous. And I know that person, don't I? Yes, you do. I <laughs> yes. In fact, she will be on the show later on, maybe in the next week or two. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about her expertise and you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is giving me a great opportunity to get re um, back in touch with everybody and stay connected. Um, oh, thank you for having me. I mean, oh man, it's it's I feel fabulous. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean. I, you know, I, I am so blessed that I have all of you as my teachers, so um, r- real privilege. So, oh, oh one yeah. thing, I'm sorry. If you see something on YouTube, like me breaking anything, mm-hmm. do not try that at all. <laughs> Good advice. Because I mean, in case anybody sees it, like, like, like I break a brick of my fist right. and I do it my one-inch palm break, mm-hmm. you will hurt your hand. Mm-hmm. There's a condition series for that right. it takes a while to get to that point so i want to make sure people don't think that oh i can try that and actually you know they're calling me because they have a broken hand oh yeah no that's a that's i'm glad you said that because yeah <laughs> it's part of that foundational principle and practice that you're talking about that you know I, a long time ago when i started personal training i had somebody come in and, the, and they had never lifted weights and they wanted to lift real heavy and i said absolutely <laughs> not and they said, no, I want to. And I gave them heavy weights, and they couldn't even get off the bench. And I said, okay, do you want to really start training? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you'll get there, but right now isn't now. You know, now you, you will work with something a little bit more foundational. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, well, thank you, Kenny. Uh, thank and you. Uh, I know I'm going to have everyone back because, again, there's so much information to cover. But sure. um, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you.